0: All right, so we're here on another Sunday sit-down. Couch Coach Live presents Sunday sit-down. Episode, season one, episode eight. Got my guy Steven from the uh, Breaking the Game with Steven Gillespie podcast and also the founder of All Aspect Sports. What's going on, Steven?
1: Man, long time no see. You know, yes, I know that we yes, haven't indeed. talked to each other in a few hours, so you know, <laughs> yeah. I, was, I was missing you, bro. Yes, but, sir. Uh, but yeah, man, I'm doing good. Uh first off, just want to say thanks for having me on the show. And I also want to say, you know, it's a great day for the killers of Breonna Taylor to be brought to justice. Um so you know, just continuing to pray, you know, pray for that. And uh, you know, just want justice and everything like that for everybody, man.
0: Absolutely. And um, yeah, and, and like Luta earlier, we did the uh, top one hundred uh show yesterday on the football and chill <laughs> podcast, which we, you know, we have developed a safe place for Ryan Tannehill. We have both had it. Yes,
1: him, um, I'm an you know, advocate.
0: We, yes, <laughs> yes. And I was convinced. I was definitely convinced of, uh, you know, the, the Ryan Tannehill debate. You know, it, it was kind of split down the line, but hey, it was it was a great debate, i would say it, the
1: least. It was, and you know, all the guys, you know, obviously great sports. You know, they're all big boys. They mm-hmm. they they can hear they can hear another side of the story and still take it. So you know, that's always great you know, it's a safe space for me if I can, you know, speak my mind and everybody be receptive to it. So, you know, it it was a good conversation for sure.
0: Yeah, it was. And it was, it was very interesting, like, you know, to bring up, you know, certain things of that, but yeah, man. So you just had a website launch. Um, let's get into that. Let me get that squared away for you. So let's talk about just all aspects sports and just your journey. pretty much how you got to here present day.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So um for anyone who who knows me, they know I'm in the Navy. Um I was stationed in Kings Bay, Georgia for about eight years. And, you know, when you stay in a place that long, you tend to, you know, know a lot of people. So I I moved to Washington State, which is where I am now, where I know almost nobody. And, you know, with the time of the, you know, the pandemic, the coronavirus, it really kind of shut the shut the door for me to like go out and meet people the way that I normally would, right? So I've always been big into sports. I've always taken a serious approach to it, you know, with with a little bit of humor, obviously, right? But, um, you know, I started podcasting just for myself, just as a hobby, something to do. And, you know, I started, you know, getting into websites and, you know, paying for stuff that, you know, really just an average Joe shouldn't be paying for. But, you know, if I'm gonna do a show, I wanna do it right. So, basically, I was getting all these advanced statistics and things like that and reading them on my show. And then I was like, I say a lot of numbers on my show. Maybe if I have a, you know, a blog or a website to where I can post these things, I can just refer to them and have more like a conversation instead of sounding like a computer reading a lot of ones and zeros. So basically, I started, you know, looking into purchasing a website, did that, and you know, I didn't want to just limit myself to basketball because you know, yesterday I feel like I I hold my weight in in other sports too, right? But um, I'm obviously, hey, what's up, Jeff? Uh, I'm obviously a uh, an NBA head, but so in in developing this website I wanted to cover all sports and and you know how it is coach, right? Like you want to do a good job with all of these it's hard, you know, you're gonna get swamped So basically I figured since I footed the bill, I would you know reach out to folks who um, who just like me man who want to uh, To cover sports cut their teeth in an industry. That's very hard to you know get a foot in the door so, you know, reaching out to a lot of talented podcasters and writers and uh, that's basically what it evolved to, man. Just me being bored in an area where I've never lived before and, uh, you know, eventually just put myself out there. And, and you know, on the show now I've had beat writers from all over the country. Um, anyone who, who listens to to basketball podcasts knows who Ben Goliver of the Washington Post is. You know, I had, had him on my show. He's like my podcast hero. So I was like a you know, like a little boy watching Michael Jordan for the first time, you know what I mean? Like I got to interview one of the guys that I listened to on a weekly basis. And, you know, I've had a uh, Bob Rathman of the Atlanta Hawks who covers them. Uh, who's a voice. He sits next to Dominique Wilkins, you know, every time he covers a game, who's a hall of famer. And uh, so, you know, just getting to talk to him, you know, a, n- a number of great other writers. Um, I had my first G league guest on last week, so that was pretty cool. And, uh, yeah, man, it's basically just pursuing a dream, you know, not just letting fear kind of overrun you. If I fail, I fail. If I fall on my sword, i fall on it. But at least, I, you know, at least I try. But I got a lot of talented guys, man. And, uh, you know, we're all determined. Everyone wants to outwork the other. And, you know, I, I've got to work with great folks like you and the other people and all my other family from the Off the Ball Network who have treated me just like one of their own. And uh, it's been great to collaborate with you guys, man. And, you know, just just I'm just a blessed man at the end of the day. That's all it is.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. It's one of the things where you know, if you, you do this and you know you'll never work a day in your life.
1: Exactly.
0: So yeah. So Steve, man, you are a avid LA Rams fan. So
1: Mm-hmm. wearing I, the cap I, right now.
0: Absolutely. Repping real hard.
1: Repping so real hard. Now,
0: I want to know your thoughts on this upcoming season, um, you know, thoughts of just like the new arena, um, uh, the, you know, just the, this new era in LA for you guys as far as the new arena and just everything that's going on with the Rams.
1: Yeah. Right. So this is weird because when I started watching the Rams, it was around the year 2000 when they were still in St. Louis. I, I'm, I'm sure my accent gives it away. I'm from Arkansas originally. So I, I love, I didn't hate myself enough to become a Cowboys fan. Sorry to all you Cowboys <laughs> fans out there. I just couldn't do it to myself. Um, and, and you know, obviously when I, when I was little, the Rams were good. So I started off being a bandwagon fan, you know, greatest show on turf. Um, I'll get into some of these other cats later on in the show, but you know, really super fun team to watch. And when they, you know, as soon as the whole Spygate thing happened with the Patriots, you know, everything started going downhill. You know, we started, guys started getting older. You know, um, coaching changes, quarterback changes, running back changes, receiver changes, defense, you know, was never really super awesome when I first started watching them. But they were, you know, about league average and slow decline um, up until pretty recently. Right. And, uh, you know, I followed them over to L.A. It broke my heart because, you know, I didn't want to have to root for an L.A. team being from being from Arkansas. But, you know, they're they're my boyhood team, man. So I, I stuck with them. I'm excited to see how they look in LA. Um, outlook for the season, though, you know, I'm a realist. We, we talked about this last night. Uh, I'm a realist. Um, if I I have my notes here. I'll, I want to cover the defense first. Mm-hmm. Uh, Aaron Donald, obviously, one of the best players, not just defensive players, not just linemen, but one of the best players in the entire NFL. You know, the the NFL top 100, I think, had him probably where he should be. If you wanted to argue him a peg down, sure, that's fine. But I think that speaks to his dominance on the defensive end. Jalen Ramsey underperformed again yesterday. I talked about how he was overrated on the on the top one hundred list, and I went through the numbers. Um, you know, John Johnson the third, he's a, he's a good safety. Um, Taylor Rapp, you know, want him to take a step forward in his second season. You know, after we you know after we lost some personnel there, he'll have an opportunity. But to be real, I think I wish it was like the NBA, right, where if you have two all world talents. You know, you're gonna be able to do something, but it's the NFL, man. You know, San Francisco's defense is phenomenal. Seattle's defense, we'll see. Um, they, you know, they still have some big name guys over there like Wagner and whatnot. So I don't know. I don't think that the defense for for my team is anything to write home about. And then on the offense, right? We talked about Cooper Cup last night as well. Mm-hmm. I feel like he's super underrated, you know, second in the NFL in touchdowns, and he's what I think he was 89th on the list, right? If I remember correctly. So um yeah it, was, I think, yeah, it was
0: like in the 80s I think eighty-eight or so. Cause I know Josh yeah. Allen was eighty-seven.
1: Yeah, yeah I, I think he was eighty-ninth. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. And uh, you know, still have Robert Woods. We lost Brandon, Brandon Cooks, but you know, we still got Higby and Everett at the tight end positions. You know, the rookie from Florida State, Cam Akers, looks you know, hopefully he does something since we lost Gurley. And we still have Henderson Jr., who was a draft pick that we had last season for Memphis. So, you know, McVay is a great coach, especially on the offensive end, right? I feel like we're gonna do all right. Our offensive line, not one of the best. I don't know how Whitworth is still plugging away at tackle on that team, man. Like he, I think he was the first left tackle ever in NFL history, and he's still playing <laughs> for uh, for my team right now. And uh, the biggest area of criticism for my team man if i can be honest is jared golf we talked about this a little bit last <laughs> night too yes.
0: what i like what
1: i like to tell people man is he's this generation's jay cutler you know he's got a big arm he he throws a pretty looking football you know that's one of the things that when when you see somebody argue for a quarterback that's not a top tier guy one of the first things you'll ever hear them say is he throws a pretty football. Like no kidding, he's in the yeah. NFL. I hope so. You know what I mean. So like, he he's got arm talent. He's he throws a pretty looking football. But man, he's he's only 19th in completion percentage. He's tied for 16th right now with Ryan Tannehill, who we talked extensively about yeah. last night yeah, exactly. as well, um, who wasn't even a full season starter. And right. then you Absolutely. know he's um, he's third in yards. Right. Like that's one of the big things someone will argue about for for Jared Goff. But Look at who he's in company with, right? Jameis Winston, we all know how he did last year. He was yeah, arguably Defensive Player of the Year last season, right? Um, <laughs> Dak Prescott and, and Phillip Rivers, who was third in – I think second or third in interceptions. So you, these guys who are leading the NFL in, in yards, you know, it's it's not really like the, the full scope of the story, right? And then the, yeah. to put the icing on the cake, right? Um, Jared Goff was finished fourth in interceptions. So – he he's not a he's the potential of him is appealing, right? But what you're seeing on the on the field, you know, he got paid young. He's living in LA where he's getting to meet a lot of famous people. Like I said, he's already got his money, his incentive. I just he he doesn't have that uh even that like Carson Wentz mentality, you know. I feel like if we had Wentz on this team, we would be doing better, you know, probably would have put up some points in the Super Bowl, right? But yeah. uh it's <laughs> I don't I f- I think that we finished third, if I'm being honest, in the NFC West. Um, could be even be fourth, depending on how Arizona looks this season. I mean we can't I don't even have the confidence saying for sure that we're gonna be better than Arizona this year. So it's uh it's I'm I'm glad we got a new arena. Our our new uniforms are are okay, I guess. I'm not like in love with them. Um our logo, not in love with it. There's really not a lot other than Aaron Donald to be happy about. And, and the hope that Jalen Ramsey returns to be in the top five, top three cornerback um, to be in love with on this team and, and Cooper cup too. Yeah. So
0: the thing thing that's going on in this climate. We're looking at what's going on with major league baseball. You see how it, the um, NBA is handling the bubble situation. Mm-hmm. So the, my biggest question to you now is, will there be a 2020 NFL season from start to finish?
1: Okay, so if you're asking me from start to finish, I will say I don't believe so. But if you're asking me if they're going to start, I'll say yes. And the reason why for that, Coach, is because of money, right? Like these owners, bottom line is what they care about. They made that very clear. They haven't communicated very well with their players. We've seen guys say like, hey, I got kids that are due this season. I'm not going to put myself at risk. We talked about it a little bit yesterday, too, with the Patriots, right? Like a number of defensive players for the Patriots have withdrawn from this season You know, obviously you're gonna get some of the lower end talent, right? Or some of the lower paid talent wanting to compete, right? Because unfortunately they're in a position now where they have to decide, do I pick between my my health or my livelihood? You know what I mean? Because in the NFL, you know, the average player plays what about seven years, maybe if they're lucky. Right. And these guys can't go get a normal job when they're done in the NFL, right? So they have to make as much money as they can while they can to sustain them up until you know they're 70 80 you know hopefully 100 years old and then they and they move on from this earth right so these guys have to pick between health and livelihood um and it's just crazy to me that the NFL which is the league that has had the longest time to prepare right they've seen what the NBA has done Dr Fauci of the CDC um and you can argue against the CDC if you want I'm not here to do that on the show right But um, Dr. Fauci of the CDC has come out and said if any professional sporting league wants to continue play this season, they need to follow the NBA's example. Okay, so if if you've had the longest amount of time to prepare for that and you haven't done so. I don't know what you're doing. I don't know what your plan is, because and I, I get the argument, right, that the NFL, you have more players than you do on the on the NBA. Totally, totally agree with that. And I I get it. Right. Like I'm not I'm not here to argue that, but you could do several bubbles. Right. Like you could limit it to like maybe a division, like each division has a bubble, you know what I mean? And you can host each division there. And then when it gets smaller, maybe take a week, establish a bubble somewhere else. Like you've had a, a long period of time right now. Right. To be able to prepare for a season and you just haven't done so. I think that they'll start because obviously the owners and the players care about the money as they should. But if you're going to be traveling from Florida to Washington or California to New York yeah. you, and you know, you're know you you're not going to be restricting these guys to what they're going to do when they're at home either, where they have kids and wives and whatnot or significant others or, or what have you, you're just at, like, these dudes are going to contract the virus. It's just as simple as that. Like there's no stopping it from that aspect.
0: Yeah. And that's one thing too. And kind of to go back to that point where I think the NBA nailed it because I think they experienced it because, and, and it's one thing I've kind of found out what would happened the night of March 11th, where essentially mm-hmm. with Utah, where they pretty much, they were thrown out of their hotel and literally they had to spend the night on the bus waiting for those results. Mm-hmm. So it's another thing where they're like, well, we know we we know if we get stuck in that type of situation, We can't do that because essentially those guys, you know, you know, if if you know, you have a game, and then these guys getting kicked out, and they, you know, on the verge of leaving the city, they can't leave. They're they can't even board a plane to go back to Utah because they're waiting for these results. And they're in no in no place in Oklahoma City was like, no, you're not, y'all not coming. (laughs) Yeah, like everybody, like it, it ain't like it's a secret where everyone knows. Like even CNN broke in. Rudiger Bear had coronavirus, so
1: and was rubbing his hands all that. over the mics and cracking them forward. right,
0: the food. Right. Yeah. So yeah, and that's one thing too. I think where the league is gonna, um, it's gonna be interesting how that's how, how everything's gonna play out. So nice little segue. So we talked a little bit about the NBA's plan. So last night uh, the the Lakers versus the Raptors. Yeah. was your thoughts on last
1: night's game? All right, so. I know I'm going to turn this into a little bit of MVP discussion, right? Um, Because you see the MVP discussion. uh, I actually wrote about this a little bit on my website on allaspectsports.com, if you don't mind the plug there, uh, Coach. But um, there's a lot of aspects that are involved with talking about who the MVP should be. And if you see Kendrick Perkins on ESPN, right, it is no secret that he wants LeBron James to be the MVP. And one of the reasons is that he says, well, look at what Giannis is doing in the weak East. Everybody says the East is weak. And then LeBron James, of course, put out that tweet where he said, you know, I've been dealing with that talk for, you know, however long. And and now it's going away because I'm in the West now. Well, what I would like to point out is, is that the East is not as weak. I think that we can kind of get stuck in our ways sometime and just saying like, okay, when I watched basketball, the East was weak, which was true. Right, and even some of the years—not all the years—but some of the years where LeBron James was in the East, it was weak. What what I saw yesterday what was proof that the East is is not to be, you know, underestimated, especially the defending champions. Roger that—that that they lost, you know, Kawhi Leonard, and and people even forget that they lost Danny Green too. So they lost two starters, right, and two great two-way players. But to me, like the players that the that the Raptors have, right, when you talk about guys like Lowry. Van Vliet, uh, Ananobi, Siakam, you know Gasol, Ibaka. The list goes on and on, right? Norman Powell, you know these guys. These guys are talented guys. They have a great head coach in Nick Nurse. Um, and to me, it just signifies that the East is not as weak as everyone's making it out to be. In order to convince people or cloud people's judgment that LeBron James should be the MVP because he's number one in the West, and I have a little before last night. I have a little stat, if you don't mind me sharing, Coach here on the show. Um,
0: Absolutely.
1: The East, if the East is weak, LeBron James cannot be MVP. And here's why. <laughs> Before last night's game, the Lakers had a 68 win percentage against the Eastern Conference. A 68 win percentage against the Eastern Conference. The Bucks, contrary to, in the Western Conference, had a 71 win percentage against the stronger Western Conference. Now, you tell me how hard do you want to hold on to that comment that the East is weak if you want LeBron James to be MVP based off of that? Because if the East is weak, LeBron James can't be MVP. Because if you look at how they're doing in their respective conference, I believe the, the Bucks have an 88 win percentage against the East, and the Lakers have an 83 win percentage against the West, right? But if you look at how they're performing in each other's conferences, the Bucs are doing better against the West than the Lakers are doing against the East. <laughs>
0: Wow! (laughs) Wow! Yeah! yeah. Wow!
1: (laughs) Yeah! Right? It's crazy when you actually look into it, right?
0: Right? When you look at the numbers and like you like you do how how you break the game down, Mm -hmm. you break you break it down to that way where it's like now you know we talk about you know that that well the east is weak gets convoluted essentially
1: just do that uh, alone. You don't want it to be. You don't want it to be weak if you want LeBron James to be your MVP.
0: Correct. Correct. Right. In this way, like right. And now you make the case for Giannis in a sense again, mm-hmm. which I think that to me, I think that's always was the case from the jump. But there's going to be some outliers. oh, of but course, of course. That, I didn't say that out loud, but yeah, but <laughs> yeah, have outliers, but it's, it's all good. Mm-hmm. We'll continue with some NBA bubble talk. So. The one thing, uh, let's get into this. So the team that has has impressed you so far.
1: The team that impressed me so far. Um, Now, when I went into evaluating this coach, I didn't go off of like, did the best team perform the best, right? Because you expect that. I went off of expectation against outcome, right? And to me, I'm glad we waited until today to do this because last night, holy cow did the Indiana Pacers show out. Yeah. Holy cow, did the Indiana Pacers show out. The Sixers, I interviewed Mark Narducci of the Philadelphia Inquirer a couple weeks back, right? And, and he spoke to me about how disappointing the team was. I mean, it's hard to shy away from that, but according to him, right, and you may call him a homer, but he's not the only one. A lot of people were picking the Philadelphia 76ers as a dark horse out of the East because of their size, their length, They've had a lot of time to prepare, Um you know, one of the, t- one of the first teams, after you, st- after you stop at the Sixers, everybody else kind of counts out the Pacers, right? Um, and they're the team that's right directly behind them in the seating. When you look at the fact that not only did the Pacers show out against the Sixers, but they were without their all-star, DeMontis Sabonis, and without their starting point guard in Malcolm Brogdon, who recently got injury in a scrimmage, right? So they did all of that. They had Aaron Holiday get a double-double. I think he had 15 and 10, 15 points and 10 assists. You know, and and Miles Turner didn't even have a great game, but I know for one of the next topics we're going to talk about something else. So I I am, I'm I'm purposely leaving out the 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 star of the night, right? I'm purposely leaving him out. But holy moly, did the Pacers show out last night? I did not expect that. That was an impressive game to me.
0: And the fact that T.J. Warren scored fifty three points last night. Yes. The Phoenix Suns traded him for cash.
1: Yes. They paid the Pacers to take him.
0: For cash. They paid the – yes. Pacers. For, ca- for, for cash considerations. That, you we, we can't make this stuff up. I was like, this, this is weird. Yeah. So, the player that has impressed you.
1: I, excellent segue. Um, and, again, I'm glad we waited until last night because – Most players that have been impressive, we expect them to be impressive, right? And so, like, when I look at this and I evaluate who I expected to do well against what the actual outcome was, T.J. Warren. And, and, you know, this is why I left him out just a second ago, right? You mentioned he had 53 points. Not only did he have that, he had four rebounds, three assists, two blocks, and only one turnover. He shot 20 of 29 from the field, 9 of 12 from deep, and he was not known as the three-point shooter, right? And four from four for the line. So he got all these numbers without even really getting fouled a lot, which kind of speaks to how impressive that is. Because if you see a 50-point game, you're expecting this dude to get 15, 20 trips to the free throw line. No, he was just killing it. He was just killing it last night. And he completely overshadowed another big performance, right, in Joel Embiid, who finished with 40 and 20. That 40 and 20 stat is impressive, Right. Completely overshadowed by TJ Warren's 53 point outburst. That again, I didn't expect.
0: No, <laughs> <Not> <laughs> yeah. And I remember because I was watching the game. I was watching what was it? It had to have been the Lakers game, or well, might have been no, I think it was. Come think, well, yeah, it was the Lakers game. I think it was. Um, and I think it was like maybe the first second quarter. I was like, TJ Warren had like 40-something points. I'm like, what?
1: <laughs> right?
0: Yeah, because matter-, matter of fact, after we did the show last night, mm-hmm. the game came on, and then I'm seeing like TJ Warren had like 40 some. I like, 40-something points? I thought I was reading
1: something wrong. Yeah. It crazy. was crazy. It was just – and again, they did it without DeMontis. I mean, and that's probably why he had so many points, right? Because without their all-star DeMontis Sabonis – that offense looks completely different with you know Sabonis and Turner paired together and, and Brogdon too, right? So right. you only have one you have a limited, you know, Victor Aladipo who was kind of on the fence whether or not he wanted to play, but he was gonna have to give up three million dollars if he didn't. So, you know, convinced them enough to you know want to play in some games, right? So the basically the the responsibility of the offense just fell into his hands and he did not disappoint at all.
0: Yeah. So what is the team that has disappointed you?
1: Man, um, I talked about this a little bit, and I think it has to do with um, how they've handled their franchise player, and that's the New Orleans Pelicans. Because if you consider everything that the NBA did for this offseason, right, not only did they just bring in the playoff teams who deserve to be there, but then they said, okay, you know, I think a large part of the decision making for this whole play-in tournament scenario was because the the Pelicans were right on the edge of being the eight seed, right? Hypothetically speaking, right? Because the the strength of their schedule was super easy. I think it was the easiest in the NBA when you look at their remaining games. And then you look at the Grizzlies, one of the toughest, if not the toughest. So the, I think the NFL did a little reaching there because or excuse me, the NBA did a little bit of reaching there because four is just such a weird number, right? Like why would you say you have to be four games back, right? Like I, I may be a little OCD in saying this, but if I was to pick a number of games back, it would be, you know, one, three, five, ten, fifteen. 10, 15. You know what I mean? Like who goes four, you know what I mean? And it just so happens that the Grizzlies were what three and a half games back. so I think that they kind of catered that scenario to get the Grizzlies to at least try to be in there. That way you see Zion Williamson and, and LeBron James score off in the opening round. like how great would that be as an NBA just casual fan to bring in an audience, right? Um, with all that being said for for Zion to only play fifteen and fourteen minutes in, in both of the games, especially when that opening game was a very winnable game against the Utah Jazz. And you saw what Oklahoma City did the night after, or you know, just last night against the Utah Jazz. They completely dismantled them. So it, if Zion Williamson, and I get you want to restrict him too, right, because of his injury history, because he's almost 300 pounds and he's super explosive, why not stagger his minutes to where he's closing the game? You know what I mean? Like they're completely mishandling him. And now the the Blazers are just, doing well they beat the grizzlies who is their competition right for the eight seed in overtime with with mellow having some sort of resurgence so with that being said the 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 easy answer to me is the pelicans they were a completely disappointing team so far in the bubble
0: yeah and like you said they he was out before you know they was gone before four and a half month so it's like they had the rest and yeah, then that was like, right so no, it's just it's crazy
1: yeah, and you saw the pictures of him on social media being all, like, hot yes. diesel. So you were like, oh, he's been taking this he layoff good. seriously.
0: He good. Yeah, he good. Mm-hmm. We, like, first thing we like, oh, he good. Because that was that was the biggest question mark. Well, he might come in a little overweight, a little heavy, might have a little quarantine weight. But, no, he was solid. Yep. Yeah. So he was doing, he was doing something. To at least a warrant at least to get more than 15 minutes a game, <laughs> you would think. Yeah, but, absolutely. Yeah, so the player that has disappointed you.
1: This one breaks my heart. This one breaks my heart, coach, because the yeah. team that he plays for is who I have coming out of the East. And they still very well could, right? It's only, it was only a game, right? But Jason Tatum, you know, his yeah. performance was completely just, you, you know, you only lose by seven points. The game was actually closer than that. You know how the NBA finishes games, right? Where guys, you know, they want to get the ball back. So they foul, teams make free throws. The game was closely, it was much more closer than the end of the game, the end of the score would indicate, right? Mm-hmm. If Jason Tatum has half of a game of what we're nor- normally seeing, they win that game. Yeah. He, he yes. didn't yes. even have that. He didn't yeah. even have that, man. He, he finished with five points on two of 18 shooting, 0 oh, oh for four from three, and only got to the free throw line once and only finished one of two from there, right? And if you look at how he did, his all around game wasn't bad finished with seven rebounds, three assists, two steals and a block, right? Those, those numbers are fine. You love those numbers. If you want Jason, you know, if you're a Celtics fan or you just like Jason Tatum, you love those numbers. I think that he'll turn it around. I think that, you know, opening game, you know, different teams are taking this um, play in tournament differently. Obviously I think the Celtics would have loved to come out and beat the bucks. I think that would have been a statement win for them, you know, but they still have time to turn it around, but Golly, for for your star guy to only finish with five points and the game was winnable, and he shot two of eighteen from the field, it was just heartbreaking. Just heartbreaking.
0: Yeah, yeah, and, and that was one of the guys where we looked at as the X factor. Well, one of where we can, if 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 Boston was going to make a solid run, it was going to be on the back of a guy like a Jason Tatum. So maybe he can rebound
1: from that, or who knows? But I think I think he will. Yeah. I, I I mean I don't think that this is what. I, I mean, yeah. I don't yeah. think he'll shoot two of eighteen the entire night. No,
0: because they'd be
1: gone. They'd be gone in before Labor Day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Officially>. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, 100. percent. So, I wanted to pick your brain.
1: Yes, sir. So,
0: I want to know your your top five athletes of all time.
1: Yeah, and just for anybody watching right now, I did clarify with yes. Coach before this. Right, this is my favorite. This is not who I think the best athletes are at their sport or anything like that. This is who I just little Stephen Gillespie enjoy watching, you know, growing up or even now still enjoy watching. Number one, I mentioned earlier that my boyhood NFL team was the St. Louis Rams and Marshall Falk. I mean, if you watch, if you watch football at all, I don't really need to tell you how good Marshall Falk was in his time. I mean, you look at what, what NFL running backs do today. He was doing it in the 2000s, right? Like early 2000s, late 90s, early 2000s. He, you could run him. He could catch. When they drafted Steven Jackson, they had a split back backfield. He could, you know, he, he can even give you some blocking, you know, just an elusive running back, just super fun to watch. He's one of the reasons why they were the greatest show on turf, you know, played in the NFL for such a long time. Didn't start with the Rams, but did finish with them. So it was beautiful to see because you don't really see that all the time, especially with running backs, right? Um, it, he was just, uh, just a super fun running back in the, in the NFL. And then a guy that I try to model my NBA game after, obviously I'm not as good as he is, or I wouldn't be sitting with you coach and wouldn't <laughs> be, I would just be in the bubble right now. Right. That's all Thanks. it would be. Right. Now. But, um, Steve Nash, you know, uh, his ability, yeah. his ability to, to run a team, um, to, to score when they need him to score pass when they need him to pass. Wasn't a great defender. But um, you know, watching him just multiple time MVP, and I wrote a little bit about this on my MVP discussion earlier. You know, if 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 assists matter more than points, then you can't argue with the MVPs that this man had because he's one of the best passers of all time. Um, creative, you know, elusive. I mentioned that with Marshall Falk, he's an elusive guy, just kind of kind of squirmy, could get where he needed to get. You know, um, just super fun to watch and a guy that you know I. All my behind-the-back passes, I, I credit to him and Jason Williams, right? <laughs> so, um, third third favorite athlete, Shaquille O'Neal. I mean, I still love him as a broadcaster now. Uh, you know, just when when Barkley's getting in his skin, he just shows him his hand and say, hey, you got any of these? No, okay, be quiet. Uh, love that. I love their banner. But as a player, man, like if you go back and if, if no one has ever seen how this man played basketball in Orlando, do yourself a favor, finish the show. And then go watch Shaquille O'Neal highlights in Orlando, because you could see, you could easily see him translating in today's game so well based off of that Orlando film, because he, there was breaks, man. Like he would get a rebound and push a break and could pass. You know, um, I posed this question to a couple of people who cover the NBA, but um, you know, just asking, do do centers now are they truly better passers than they used to be? Or are they just giving more freedom from their head coaches? You know, you can look at certain players from yesteryear, and Shaquille O'Neal is one of them. You know, his vision was solid. You know, just his role as a big man back then was, you know, just to dominate. And you see what Giannis is doing in the NBA now. Right. You know, with the exception of, you know, just taking people off the dribble, um, Shaquille O'Neal just in the paint, like, good luck. You know, Ben Wallace, I think, was one of the only guys who could really truly put a hurting on him and make him change his game a lot. But, you know, he was one of my favorite guys to watch. And then to get in the world of boxing, uh, Jermaine Bad Intentions Taylor, you know, fellow um, Arkansan. So, you know, there's a little bit of bias there. But, again, this is my favorite. Um, you know, middleweight championship uh, of the world for such a long time. You know, Bernard Hopkins uh, beat him twice, and that was basically the last that we got to see him in the world of boxing. But in his prime, man, Jermaine Taylor was just Oh, man. He was just such a fun. Again, when you're done with the show, go watch your main Taylor highlights
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. and, and,
1: and come back to coach and say, yeah, man, Steven was right. Because this dude yeah. was just such a, a terrific boxer. And, and then to close it out, I went with a current athlete. And again, I can say this because it's my favorite Aaron Donald. You know, he may go down as one of the best defensive linemen of all time. And he's just getting started. You know, yeah. he's a uh, plug and play. You could put him anywhere on the defensive line, you could put him on the end, you could put him in the middle. Heck, if you wanted to, you can put in a 3-4 set, put him at an outside linebacker spot, and he would just murder people. So uh, just good luck stopping him. You know, you need two, three people to do that. And then he just opens it up for everybody else to go out at the quarterback. So, And he stopped the run, too. Like, that's the other thing. Like, you normally see guys who are great run stoppers or great, you know, pass rushers. He, he can do it all. So th- those are my guys.
0: Yeah. Impressive list. Very impressive list. So I appreciate it. Yeah. So we'll put a ball on this week, Sunday sit down, man. Um, Your final thoughts.
1: Final thoughts, uh, man. I'm just glad that the NBA is back. You know, I've seen a lot of people. Uh, I think the cool thing to do is to try to overanalyze things in today's society. Right. Like, be like, oh, okay. Like this is cool. But you know, the audience or the fake crowd noise is whack, or, you know, the, the camera angles. I don't like them because they're not the way they've always been. Like, okay man like be thankful that you have a professional sport to watch you know what i mean like the the nba is back the talent like every game has been every game that anyone cares to watch like i think there's only been a couple double digit games um up until last night and last night i think the the clippers pelicans was the only one from last night if i'm not mistaken i think i'm not sure don't quote don't quote me on it but i you know, there yeah. hasn't been very many double-digit games when you consider the entire scope of the right, of the league now, and you can say, ah, the turnovers or whatever. Like all the games have been fun. All the games that I've watched have been fun to watch. They're probably going to continue to be. Um, you know, I, I mentioned earlier, you know, um, I think what the NBA is doing as far as you know, social justice is incredible. Um, mm-hmm. I've I've seen a lot of feedback too about like how they're supporting these organizations that you know you may not agree with or whatever, but if you just like, if you just listen to what the players are saying though, if you listen to what they're saying, they're not saying anything that you have to get overly political about. Like it's just, it's a right and wrong thing. You know, Um, the kneeling or standing for the national anthem, like I'm an active duty sailor, you know what I mean? And like people will, will say, you know, I respect what you do, which is awesome. I appreciate that much love to everybody who, who feels that way about the the armed forces. Right. But kneeling isn't, isn't it, I don't take that as disrespect now I think my stance has evolved because you know to be honest with you coach I used to feel that way I used to think it was disrespectful but if you like instead of just feeling that way and getting stuck in your echo chamber echo chamber and you watch your news circuits and everyone's saying what what you agree with if you take a step out of that and just like do like just listen instead of just like having a counter argument already ready and just listen it's not as disrespectful it's not disrespectful um, because these, these players, they, they love the armed forces. You know, no one's say, no one saying anything negative about the armed forces at all. None at all whatsoever. Right. But um, you know, the players that are kneeling, you know, much love and respect to them. You know, that's what makes our nation great, especially because they're not disrespecting our nation. They want our nation to be better. Like, that's one of the biggest acts of patriotism that you can have in my eyes. But the people that want to stand and the people that want to say you know, that, that everybody's lives matter – that That's true, right, but I don't think anybody's arguing that. no one's saying that your life means less than mine. It's just that mine means as much as yours right yeah. and and mm-hmm. that's what that's what these players are trying to get across to people um and I think that that's great i I respect everybody's decision man if you want to kneel, kneel, that's awesome if you want to stand stand that's awesome you want you want if you want to have an open, honest discussion about your religion cool i'm with it i I'm a christian you know i'll talk. I'll talk Christianity with anybody who wants to talk about it. Um, and I wholeheartedly mean that, but I just, people are getting, people get too overly critical. And I think yeah, you just, right. at the end of the day, you had just be glad, man. be glad that you have something to watch, man. And if it's different than how it used to be, it's probably for a good reason. Right. You know what I mean? Like if players are talking about things that they used to not talking about, it's probably for a good reason. Cause if we, can, we can always say like things aren't the way they used to be. Well, the way things used to be for everybody wasn't the same as what you experienced, right? Like you, your used to be may, may have been great, but you know, mine or yours coach may not have been right. So you have to think past, you know, you have to take your blinders off. You have to think big picture and and at least, and at least respect and understand and listen to what people are saying. You don't have to agree with it. Give them the time of day. That's all. That's all I'm got to say.
0: Exactly. And I definitely agree with you. And it's one thing, like you're saying, you know, people will say something, you know, about the, you know, about how it's just different. But be lucky that you have this opportunity to watch these games because the way things might pan out, this might be the last time you might see a league from start to finish mm-hmm. for the foreseeable future. So take this, enjoy every moment of it. And savor it because who knows how long everything will go back to quote unquote normal. We don't know. We don't. We so, don't. We think we know, but it's like everything. I didn't we thought that the league, you know, we thought the league was only gonna be shut down for a few weeks, not okay. four and a half months. Right. Almost like five.
1: longer than a typical offseason. Like this is essentially a new year if you look at like how long the breaks normally are. Exactly. Mm-hmm.
0: So, Stephen, where can they find
1: you on social media? Absolutely. And before I do that, uh, Coach, much love to you, man. Much love to all the Off the Ball family. You guys, you know, you, you treat me right. You treat me better than, uh, than I deserve. So I appreciate you having me on today, man. But, you know, for folks who want to find me, um, our website just launched uh, yesterday. So you can find us at allaspectsports.com. We cover the NFL, NBA, MLB, NCAA, and MMA. Um, great content. You can find podcasts and articles on there. Um, if you're just looking for me in particular, like you mentioned earlier in the show, Coach, um, I host the, the Breaking the Game podcast, which is scrolling across the screen right now. Um, you can find me anywhere. You, yep, hey, You can find me anywhere you get your podcasts. And uh, you can follow me on Instagram at Stephen W. Gillespie. And you can follow me on Twitter at Stephen AAS, which you know stands for All Aspect Sports. But, and again, just appreciate you having me on, man. It's always a, it's always an honor and privilege when I get together with you, brother.
0: Yes, indeed. Definitely appreciate you for coming on this special sun- Sunday sit-down with with, um, with me, man. Definitely appreciate it. And we're definitely going to be doing some work down the line. We, you know, the, these lists, everything that's going on, man. we definitely going to, you know, it's going to collab a lot more now. But yeah, man, yes, sir. definitely appreciate you for coming to, um, coming to join us on the Sunday sit-down this week, man.
1: Dude, any literally, you can hit me up any time of day yeah. and get me. I'll, I'm addicted to this stuff. Um, yeah. You know, I, I, I hustled before I got on here to you know clean, get the kids right, do the dishes, yeah. laundry, whatever I need to do to be able to be on here. You yeah. let me know when you want me, man, and and I'll Absolutely. I'll do everything I can to make it happen.
0: Absolutely, man. Definitely appreciate you. And this has been this week's Sunday sit down. Definitely appreciate our guest Stephen Gillespie from the. All aspects sports and breaking the game down,
1: mm-hmm. yes, <laughs> breaking sir. the
0: game, breaking the game with Stephen Gillespie. Yes, slip of the tongue, but
1: hey, man, yeah,
0: <laughs> I meant what you knew. Yeah, absolutely. So this has been this week's Sunday sit down, man. We'll see you guys next season.
1: Much love, everybody.
0: Yes, sir.